real quick before we dive into this episode of the podcast. Be sure to grab your free PDF copies of my latest books at frugal.show forward slash free. Now on to the show. If you haven't already, be sure to grab your free copy of my first two books, Frugalpreneur and Authorpreneur, by going to thesarahstjohn.com forward slash free. That's T-H-E-S-A-R-A-H-S-T-J-O-H-N dot com forward slash free. Now on to the show. Welcome to The Frugalpreneur. I'm your host, Sarah St. John. And on today's show, we have an award-winning podcaster and keynote speaker who has been podcasting since 2005. He's best known for founding the School of Podcasting and helping hundreds of podcasters launch successful podcasts. His School of Podcasting podcast has over 2.3 million downloads, and he hosts several other podcasting-related shows called Ask the Podcast Coach, Because of My Podcast, Podcast Rodeo Show, more podcast money, and co-host the Podcasters Roundtable. Welcome to the show, Dave Jackson. Sarah, thanks for having me. I'm glad to have you. And you have one of the best radio voices or podcasting voices that I've heard. Well, thanks. I I hear that all the time, and I open up my mouth and words come out, and thank you to my mom and dad, I guess, for you know whatever <laughs> it takes. It's just... <laughs> It's not, uh, you know, I could put on my puke voice and talk even more radio if you want me to, but uh, this is just the way I talk. And in fact, probably the best compliment I've ever received over the years is I met somebody at an event and they said, you know, you're not any different than you are on your podcast. And I was like, perfect. That's exactly what I'm going for. I don't, I don't want somebody to meet me and go, well, he was really nice on the podcast, but he was, he was a jerk when I met him in person or he did, you know, or he doesn't sound like this anymore. And it's like, well, that's not how I talk. So uh, that's always a good thing. And you got started out by working at Lipson, right? And do you still work there? Yeah, I've been, I've been podcasting since 2005. And one of the benefits of, of podcasting is a, you get to build relationships and you kind of, your podcast is like an audio business card. So my background is I taught Microsoft Office and QuickBooks and time management and customer service for decades. But the bad news is a little bit like radio, about every seven years in training, they hire a bunch of people who can't sell training. And so instead of firing the people that can't sell, they downsize the training department. So I was like, well, this is getting old. And I'd seen the writing on the wall. I remember one day, I was teaching a Microsoft Excel class and this kid asked a question and he said, have you ever used those two features together? And I'm like, you know, I never have, but I know both those features. Let's write this on the board and we'll talk about it on break. And as I wrote it on the board, he asked his phone and got an answer. And I went, oh, I'm going to get replaced by a phone. So I'd seen the writing on the wall. And so when I finally got let go and they're like, we're so sorry, you're one of our best trainers. But I was like, uh, and I was like, it would be cool if I could get a job in podcasting. And so at that point, I had known Rob at Libsyn for about 10 years. And I used to do a podcast with him called This Week in Podcasting. And I reached out to him on the phone. I said, this could be a really awkward conversation. And he goes, what's going on? I go, I got good news and bad news. And he's like, oh, I'll play. You know, what's the bad news? And I'm like, well, I just lost my job. And he goes, okay, what's the good news? And I go, I'm available to work for you. 
And he said, well, I would say I'm sorry to hear that, but I'm not. He goes like, what are you doing the rest of the day? And I go, just lost my job. Laundry, maybe? I don't know, you know. And 20 minutes later, I was on the phone with the president of Lipson, and it took him a couple of weeks because I'm in Ohio. They're based out of Pittsburgh, so we had to figure out some Ohio-Pittsburgh tax stuff. But uh, so I now work from home working for Lipson, been doing that for uh, four years now. So it's a lot of fun. Oh, okay. So that's just a recent. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So okay. before then, I was I was teaching, and then the, the school of podcasting has always been just a super serious side hustle. For a while there, in between jobs, it was my job, but- I like health benefits. Turns out those are kind of expensive. And so I was like, hmm, maybe I could get a job at Libsyn. We'll go that route. So uh, that's how that happened. Yeah. And I love the School of Podcasting. It's one of my favorite podcasts. And can you tell us a little bit about, because you host several different shows related to podcasting and maybe even shows not related to podcasting. Yeah. But as far as the ones related to podcasting, can you tell us a difference between them? Yeah. A lot of them were started as tests. And so the School of Podcasting has always been my flagship. That's the one that's positioning myself as an expert. And there were some services like Blog Talk Radio and a couple of other ones that let you do things live. And people kept asking me about it. And I'm like, well, I guess I'll start a, a live show and see what we can see. So I started on, at 1030 in the morning on a Saturday because, you know, who doesn't want to get up early on a Saturday and, and talk podcasting? But at the time, that was a great time because... It didn't conflict with my wife's schedule. And I was like, yeah, let's just do this. We'll see what happens. And so that was Ask the Podcast Coach. And that's been going, geez, five, seven years, something like that. Because I started it and was like, okay, I get the deal here with live. And I went to quit. Well, people had started showing up. And they're like, no, you're like my Saturday morning cartoons. Don't don't go away. And I had found uh, Jim Cullison, who's uh, he has his own kind of network. It's, it's called The Average Guy Network at theaverageguy.tv. And he had just hopped in once and said, you look like you're kind of struggling a little bit, like you might want a co-host. And I'm like, I've never had a co-host. Let's try this out. And I just got very lucky that we just have really good chemistry. And so I love that because while live is fun, like today I had, I think, 34 people watching me. That's a classroom of people that when they could have been watching Netflix or HBO or Amazon or, you know, video games or whatever, they took time out to come and, and watch me talk about podcasting. So it's great because I can get instant feedback from my audience. But the problem is that's literally like maybe 3% of my actual audience. Many, many, many more people listen to that later. But it is fun. And I love it because I get to wake up and, and talk to Jim. So that's how that one came about. I do one I started about uh, eight months ago just to play. Uh, it's called Your Podcast Consultants. And it's small lessons with big value. And it was just the school of podcasting is about 40 minutes long. And I was like, not everybody wants to listen to a 40 minute podcast. So let's make one that's nine minutes or less. And why nine minutes? Because that's how long it takes from Jimmy Fallon to start the Tonight Show to get to a commercial. And I'm like, okay, that's an average segment of the Tonight Show, nine minutes. Let's do that. And most of them are shorter than that. So that's just one I was like, what happens if I do a short show? And I use that a lot now for email answers. Somebody will say, hey, like, what's the best microphone for under 100 bucks? And I'm like, oh, it's the Samson Q2U. I talk about it here. You can listen to it. Well, while they're over there, they see all these other kind of 101 questions. They get those answers and they come back and they go, so how do I sign up for your school? So, or how do, how do I get consulting? So all of a sudden I come back with a much warmer lead and somebody who's got all those kind of 101 questions, not that I hate answering those, but they've got those answered. And now they're back with a little more advanced questions that are either going to lead to them signing up for my membership site or signing up for some sort of consulting or things of that nature. So there's that one. Because of my podcast is a segment of my show, 
where basically I got tired of saying, you need to start a podcast. So what I started doing was like, hey, because of my podcast, I got a job at Libsyn. Because of my podcast, I got a job at teaching at this college. Because of my podcast, you know, I got to meet so-and-so. And so my audience started sending these in. So now if somebody goes, mm, I'm not really sure if I should start a podcast, I'm like, oh, go to becauseofmypodcast.com. You'll hear all these episodes and how people are benefiting from starting their podcast. So that, again, is just a little marketing piece. And that's why that was was put together. I'm trying to think what else am I missing. Uh, podcast rodeo show. I Somebody asked me about a media host. And I have a podcast on just about every media host. Because if I'm going to say Libsyn is the best... I got to know that by having a show on every platform. And so somebody asked me about a platform and I'm like, look, I got way too many podcasts already. I don't have any time for this. And I'm like, I need a podcast that has zero prep. And I'm like, how about if I grab a random podcast and I'll just give them my first impression. And I was like, oh, kind of like a rodeo, like see if I can make it eight seconds into a podcast. So I just grabbed, I, I programmed the, the woman in the tube from Amazon and I would have her pick a category I'd grab a show, put it on and go. And a lot of them were awful. In fact, most of them are, are, and it's not that they're awful. It's that they're doing things that they don't realize. They're, they're too close to the, to the forest to see the trees. Like they'll, they won't have uh, any kind of intro. Like, you know, welcome to the show where we blah, blah, blah. And instead it's 45 seconds of just music. And I'm like, nobody's got time for 45 seconds. Like, I don't want to get up and dance right now. So, you know, just things like that. And that one was a hard one because as a teacher, you don't want to just tell people what they're doing wrong. I mean, that's kind of mean, but I've had more people say, thank you so much. I changed these things and my audience is loving it. So I still have a hard time. I always try to find like, hey, the audio is really good. Your artwork is great. But when you did this, you know, and then you spent like four minutes talking about your reviews, the only people that really like podcast reviews are the hosts. Like that does nothing for your audience. So that's the podcast rodeo show. And I use that to promote another podcast I do called the podcast review show. And that is one thing when you start a podcast, you may not know exactly what your audience wants, but in many cases they will give you that answer. And so I started having people say, would you listen to my podcast and tell me what you think? And for a while I did that for free. And then it dawned on me that if I would listen to I don't know, an hour long podcast twice and take notes. I'm like, wow, this is like three hours into this for free. And I was like, okay, that's got to stop. And I uh, met a friend at a, a conference who's a radio guy who's been in radio for 30 years. I'm like, hey, you want to come on and, and do this as a tag team thing? And we charge for that. So that shows it, it breaks some of my rules. Usually I, I try to be a very consistent basis. That show is produced whenever somebody buys, you know, hey, we want you to listen to our show, and we actually bring you on. So it's almost like a consulting session with two podcast hosts for about the price of a half. And plus you get the exposure being on the show, you're on my YouTube channel, things like that. And I think that's all of them at this point. So, and then I also do a weight loss show. When I first started, I had like seven different podcasts and they're about every one of my hobbies. So I had a show for musicians because I was a musician. I had a show about web design because I was designing websites and I had a weight loss show. I thought if I start a weight loss show, it'll hold me accountable. And it does not. It, I, I lose weight and then I find it. And then I lose weight and then I find it. And what's really weird, I, I jokingly say, but it's the truth. I inspire people through my failure because I'll have people that will say, you're not quitting, so neither am I, you know, and I'm glad to see somebody else is struggling. And yet there are other times I did one episode where I said, if it's really overwhelming because you're thinking, I got to lose a hundred pounds, 
don't worry about losing 100 pounds. Could you lose 10 pounds? And you might go, yeah. Okay, so let's focus on losing 10 pounds and let's break that down to what are you going to eat today? Let's break it down to the next meal. I said, so don't worry about 100 pounds. Just think about the next meal and then lose 10 pounds 10 times. And like nine months later, I get this email from somebody. Hey, Dave, I did it. I'm like, great. What'd you do? She's like, I lost 100 pounds. I lost 10 pounds 10 times. And I was like, that's amazing because I haven't lost any weight. Okay, great. Wonderful. So uh, a lot of my shows are either hobbies or tests or things of that nature. So, Yeah, you could even do your own because of my podcast. Because of that podcast, you helped a lady lose 100 pounds. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've had, uh, I think my favorite because of my podcast story is I had a guy emailed me that said, hey, my best friend of like 20 years was killed suddenly. I had lost my job and I was pretty sure I had cancer and I decided on Halloween I was going to take my gun and blow my brains out. And he goes, but I heard your show and you said that sometimes podcasting can give you a purpose. And I decided, well, maybe I should start a podcast. So I did and I'm having a great time. He goes, I actually got some help. Obviously, that's not a good way to think. He goes, but I just want to let you know your podcast saved my life and I credit you for that. And I was like in the basement and I'm like, wait, what? Because I'm like, it's just me talking into a microphone. I'm like, I didn't expect anything like that. And so I I was talking to some guys at a conference once. There's a a friend of mine, Reverend Ken Blanchard, does a show called Speak Life. It's Speak Life Church. And he always ends every episode, oh, by the way, I love you, and there's nothing you can do about that. And he's um, got kind of a military background, and he's had a few veterans call up that are like, like he said the one guy was literally on on the roof. He was ready to jump. And he talked him down. He's like, yeah, I've got about four of those. And I was like, so you have no idea how you're going to affect people. So it's, it's, it's amazing. Cause you're just like, it's just me in the closet next to the, you know, whatever. <laughs> you're like, I didn't expect yeah. this. So it's very, very powerful. Oh, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> and then, yeah, another one you have, I, you co-host is the podcasters round table. Yeah, this is one I do. It's Ray Ortega's show. And It's interesting because I always say in podcasting, there is no competition because we're used to radio. If you grew up with Howard Stern, Howard Stern would just annihilate his competition and squash them and throw them a funeral. And that's because they were both on at 730 in the morning or six or whatever it was. So Daniel uh, J. Lewis and Ray Ortega, two of my best friends, and I was at a conference and Google Hangouts had just come out. And Ray said, hey, I've been playing with this thing called Google Hangouts. He goes, I want to do a podcast where it's me, you, and Daniel, and we just get on and do what we do here at conferences and talk about podcasting. And I'm like, what do I got to do for it? He goes, show up and talk. And I'm like, okay, I'm in, whatever. You know, you want me to talk about podcasting? What? Are you crazy? You know, so, and we've been doing that for years and it's, it's a blast. It's one of those ways that we get to kind of keep in touch. And what's great about it is we all have our own kind of separate skills, like Ray's really into video. Daniel is into super duper finite details. If you want to know the details of something, Daniel loves to do deep dives into topics. And then I'm kind of the the educator, I don't know, comedy relief of the show, maybe <laughs> that kind of thing. And I've got the history. And in some ways, people say I do a pretty good job of taking super technical things and breaking it down for, for people to understand. So we all kind of have our own thing. And you have to kind of come in it with a mindset of abundance. So I realize, because we'll tell everybody, hey, we're doing a podcaster's roundtable. So our whole audience gets there. And Daniel and I both have had people that have heard my show and said, I don't know, Dave's a little too goofy for me. 
but they'll go, they'll love Daniel because he is kind of a just the facts, super deep dive. And then other people have contacted me and we've, we've shared these with each other that said, man, I just can't take Daniel's voice. For whatever reason, they didn't like Daniel's voice. And, you know, it's like, well, good. Come over to me. I hope you like me. And you kind of have to be okay with the fact that not everybody's going to like you, but just be yourself. And the people that don't like you won't listen. So it's not like you're offending people that aren't listening. You're like, if somebody doesn't like me, they're not going to, unless they want to just the joy of screaming at the the car on the way to work, you know, oh, this guy's such an idiot. I don't know what they're doing. But usually if somebody doesn't like you, they don't listen. So don't don't worry about it. Just be yourself. Yeah. And speaking of education, you have the school of podcasting.com and also the school of podcasting.com. <laughs> Two different ones, school of podcasting.com and the school of podcasting. Well, the reason, the reason I did that is because I always say I'm Dave Jackson from the school of podcasting.com, which is the, as in whatever that is, an adjective, preposition, whatever, school of podcasting.com. And it dawned on me that if you're not really paying attention, you might think I said the school of podcasting.com. Not the school of podcasting.com. And so the school of podcasting.com is where I actually have my membership site. School of podcasting.com is where I have the podcast that promotes the membership site. Yeah. So you offer courses and a membership site and also one on one coaching and consulting. Yep. And that, that is another example of I started off with the membership site. And if I could go back in time, what I would have done is set up my own like editing wing of the school of podcasting. Cause people are like, Hey, I just want to talk into a microphone. Like, do you know of anybody that would edit this? And in the early days I used to do that. I still do a little bit of that, but I should have hired some people that, Hey, I will charge you X amount of money. I will pay most of that to the editor and I will keep a, a little bit of that. Instead, I just send editors to, you know, editor, ed- I send editors clients and I'm not making a penny off that. And I was like, if I could go back in time, I should have probably set that up, uh, but you find things that your audience wants, and you didn't you didn't realize that until you started it. So one on one consulting that was another one. They'd go in, they'd look at the courses. They're like, "Hey, your courses are great, but really, I just need to know this. Like, can we get on the phone and do some one on one consulting?" And I was like, uh, "Sure." And then it was a matter of figuring out like what to charge and things of that nature. But those both came about because of questions that the customers jumped in. Like, do you do this? I do now. Sure, let's set that up. And for the listeners who maybe haven't started a podcast but are considering it, what would your advice be or your, like, why should people get into podcasting? Other than obviously those cases where maybe you'll save someone's life or something. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, why? Yeah, the biggest one is it's a great way to position yourself as an expert it's a great way to get content out. So if you're like, well, if I could just get on the radio or TV, well, nope, sorry, that may not happen. So it's a great way to get your message out there. And the beauty of it is it's a great way to kind of grow your community because the only people that are going to listen to you are people that like you. Another big one, I had a client of mine that did a podcast and I asked him, I'm like, you know, how are the downloads? He's like, oh, they're, they're okay. And I'm like, well, are you getting any feedback? And he's like, I don't know, maybe a little. I'm like, well, hold on. Let's, let's back up a second. Like, why are you doing your podcast? He goes, oh, that's easy. He goes, I get to talk to people I have no business talking to. He goes, if I went to the CEO and said, hey, could we have coffee someday and talk for like 20 minutes? They'd be like, get out of here, kid. You bother me. He goes, but if I say, will you come on my podcast? They're like, sure. Talk to so-and-so and we'll schedule a time. He goes, so that's another big thing. If you're trying to, to build 
your network and get to know people. I always say, sometimes people get confused. They're like, well, should I do an interview show or should I do a solo show? And I go, yes, do both. Because solo shows, you are building your influence with your audience. And then interview shows, you're building your network. So do them both. Uh, so those are some of the the top reasons. And then you do get to know your audience. So Daniel J. Lewis came up with products based on feedback from his audience. So there are times you'll jump in and think, oh, I, I think they want this. And then they go, no, really, we want you to review my show. Oh, okay, well, I can do that. And so you get this feedback going with your audience and you'll find out what they need and then make that product. So instead of, it's like having a built-in focus group because they will let you know if you do things that don't work. They're like, hey, that thing you did in the episode, yeah, don't do that again. Like, oh, okay, good. Thank you. Thank you for the feedback. So that's another one. You can get a great just communication dialogue going with either your current audience, your current customers, or future customers. And that then helps you then make, you know, a better mousetrap. Yeah, I found that even myself that this week doing podcast interviews with podcasters <laughs> that you know, I'm making connections and meeting people and that I probably wouldn't be able to otherwise, you know, so yeah. I've experienced that myself. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite phone calls, I'm, I'm weird. I actually have a phone number on my website that goes to a Google, a Google voice, but on occasion I will actually forward it to my phone. And this guy, you know, calls the thing and I'm like, hello, this is Dave. And he's like, Dave Jackson. And I'm like, yeah. Like, what can I help you with? And he's like, like, really, Dave Jackson? I'm like, yeah, this is like him. He goes, oh, I thought I was going to get voicemail. He goes, I just want to let you know I'm driving from like Idaho to Georgia. He goes, I've been listening to you for like the last six hours. He goes, I don't know what my podcast is going to be about, but I just want to let you know, man, you're the man. And when I'm ready to go, you're the man I'm calling. I'm like, okay, well, you know where to find me. So it is one of those things where the podcast is not your business, but it can very much be your business card. And so by kind of letting people get to know you, and if you can be consistent in your schedule, now you feel trustworthy because Dave's been there every Monday for 15 years. I wake up every Monday, there's Dave in my in, in my app and things like that. So they know you, they like you, and they trust you so that when you say, oh, by the way, I got a new book coming out in July, they're going to buy your book because they want to know more and they want to support you. So mm-hmm. that's a great way how it works for, for entrepreneurs. Yeah, I found it to be a good business card because uh, I did the whole write a book as your business card, which, I mean, didn't hurt. But I've found that ever since starting the podcast that that has had a lot more success than the book. Yeah, it's both writing a book and a podcast have something very similar. And when you get done writing the book, you're like, whoo, you hand it off to your publisher if you're, you know, whatever you're doing with that. And you're like, it's done. And they're like, no, not really. Actually, that's just, you just got the beginning over. A book for it to be successful is getting people to read it. And a podcast is the same thing. People are like, okay, cool. I, I got my microphone. I got my media host, got the website. Woo, I'm done. You know, and you're like, nope, this is actually where it begins. Now it's a matter of finding who your target audience is, going to where they are, making friends with them, and then letting them know, oh, by the way, I have a podcast. Because getting the downloads is one of those things that just... I wish there was a big giant golden switch. You could just hand somebody, you know, some money and they would go and flip the switch and like, Hey, look, 10,000 downloads. And it's like, yeah, it just doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah. And the nice thing about podcasting as opposed to a book or whatever else is that it feels more intimate. 
because you're you're hearing the person's voice and usually it's for a long period of time, you know, mm-hmm. 45 minutes maybe an hour or whatever. So people are listening to it on their commute or while they're doing the dishes or mowing the lawn or whatever. And whereas like for example, reading a book or watching a YouTube video or whatever, people well, first of all, they're not, yeah, it takes their undivided attention. Them. Yeah. It's like yeah. they need to, I'm either going to read a book or it's not like I can read a book while I'm driving the car, you know, <laughs> but they can listen to you while you're in the car. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's really one of the things I have, you, you can't see it, but I have a door with a bunch of pictures because one day on my podcast, I said, Hey, I'm dying to know, like, where are you guys listening to this? And so for the longest time, I just thought my audience was like just dudes with beards. And some of them are in the car and one guy's at the grocery store. And then finally, some females started coming in. One's at the grocery store. One guy's out doing something in a beekeeper suit, you know, so (laughs) they're all doing something else. It's not like they were sitting in a chair going, I'm just here with my, you know, my phone listening today. They're all multitasking. So that's one of the biggest advantages. I always say that to bloggers. I'll find somebody with a fabulous blog and I'm like, you should turn this into a podcast. And they're like... Mm, I don't know. I'm just more of a writer. And I'm like, yeah, but like, I, I would love to read your blog on the way to work, but I, I can't cause I'm driving. But if it was a podcast, I could listen to it. And they're like, huh? And I'm like, yeah, plus there's tone of voice and things like that. So if you've got great content, whether that's a YouTube channel or, you know, a blog or something like that, turn that video into audio, take that blog and turn it into audio, throw it out as a podcast. And you know, you've, you've taken the time to create great content put it out in whatever format people want. Yeah. And with podcasting, there isn't quite as much competition compared to blogging as far as numbers. Like there's, I forget the, the number breakdown now I was reading it the other day, but for every, for every 2000 blogs, there's one podcast. Okay. That breaks it down. (laughs) Yeah. So there's like, I think Cleveland stadium, which we affectionately refer to as the factory of sadness. I think it holds like 76,000 people. And if so if you said, if we could have all the podcasters down on the 50-yard line, it'd be like 37 people. And I'm like, so if that stadium represents all the blogs and the 37 people are the podcasters, which group is it easier to be found in? So, mm-hmm. yeah. But I, I get those people like, no, I'm just, I'm just a writer. I'd rather just write. I'm like, mm, okay. Don't want don't to jump out of your comfort zone. I get that. Well, I mean, they could always write it and then if – they're not comfortable being on the fly or whatever on a podcast. They could just read it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. If you can read it, especially so it doesn't sound like you're reading it to me where it's all in a monotone voice. Yeah. Yeah. You can avoid that. That would be good. But that's, I always tell people, uh, especially if they, can I script this out? I'm like, well, it's, it's your podcast. You can do whatever you want. Just if you're going to write it out, throw grammar out the window, just write it the way you talk. And then mm-hmm. read that back, and it'll sound much better. It's when you get into commas and semicolons when you're reading it back, and you're like, "Wait, this sounds... Wait, what?" Because I I had a, a audio book like over a decade ago for musicians, and reading back my book was just the most painful thing because it's all you know, grammatically correct and everything's, and you're just like, "These are my own words, and I cannot get them to come out of my mouth." So when you're if you're gonna script your episode, just write it the way you talk. And it'll flow super easy. And then the other thing I always tell people, if you do mess up and you are, just pause for 10 seconds. And 10 seconds is a lot longer than you think it is. Your editor will love you because there'll be this big giant chunk of nothing that they'll be able to go, oh, look, there's a mistake coming up. And then it's super easy to edit and it speeds that up. 
Yeah. And can you give us your opinion on like the future of podcasting? Obviously, I think it's becoming more and more popular as a medium. Yeah. The the beautiful thing is since it really was started in 2004 and it has grown every single year since then last year or the year before we like jumped like 7%. It's not huge jumps. It's like 3%, 5%, 7%. So we would love like a 20, 30%. I know we're at more than 50, I think it's 51% of people have now at least listened to one podcast, but there are millions of people that listen to a podcast every single day. So it's one of those things where, you know, as time goes on and now bigger names are getting involved, you have the the Conan O'Briens, the Alec Baldwins and celebrities are jumping in, especially now that um, we're, as we record this, we're in the middle of a pandemic. And so all these actors are home doing nothing but they still want to either connect with their audience or do whatever. So they're all turning to podcasting. So I think it's just going to continue to get bigger and bigger. I'm seeing some companies now, not a lot, but it's, it's happening where they will kind of test drive a, maybe it's a nonfiction or I'm sorry, it's a fictional story. So they'll put it out with all this audio enhancements to it. So it sounds like old time radio. And if it gets a really good audience, they'll turn that into an actual TV show. Homecoming on HBO was originally a podcast. Dr. John was originally a podcast. So there are, you know, slowly that door is is opening. And the reason for that, it's like, you know, a tenth the cost to do an entire series of a podcast that it takes to do one pilot of a TV show or a movie or something like that. So it's much, much cheaper. And so it might we might see podcasting become kind of the the test ground or the focus group of let's see if this would actually resonate with people. So I think that's another thing we're going to see as, as things go in the future. And there are more and more things that are making it easier. A couple of years ago, uh, a company called Rode made a uh, this piece of gear specifically designed for podcasters. So that that right there is just like, okay, there must be enough of us now that they're making content for it. And it's called the Rodecaster. And you can it's great for live streaming. It's it does all I mean, pretty much I, I think like the next version of this will do your laundry, but it's super easy to operate. So we're starting to see more and more tools designed for podcasters. So that's, as the tools come out, more people will podcast, as more people podcast, more people will listen, et cetera, et cetera. And the more people that are listening, sponsors now are starting to come in more and more. So uh, if your goal is to have a sponsor, you know, you got a better shot than you used to. Where if we went back to the early days of podcasting, when I started in 2005, you need to ask somebody, do you listen to a podcast? And you're like, a what? You know, do I need an iPod for that? Like, no, you know, so we're, we've come a long way from that to where, you know, constantly on the news, I'm hearing, oh, listen to our podcast or whatever it is. And where it used to be, you know, people had no clue what that is. Now there's just a, it's a smaller percentage of people that are like, I keep hearing this word. What does that mean? So I'm very happy that that number is getting smaller and smaller each year. So it's just going to continue to grow. You know, I would hear every now and then before I started listening to podcasts, the word here and there. And it didn't sound like something I would be interested in. Mm -hmm. But once I actually went into the Apple app and looked at some of the podcasts and I was like, Oh, that interest top or that topic interests me, that topic. Oh, that looks good. That And then I started listening to them. And then you, it's almost like an addiction. You get hooked and it's like you binge listen to them, go through the back catalog of various podcasts. Working for Libsyn, that will, it's kind of funny. People will get worried if they're not getting any downloads, but they also will email and they go, there must be something wrong. 
I got this huge spike. And you can go in and see how many downloads you got in a single day and what episodes were downloaded. And so I can go in and say, look, show me what happened on, you know, whatever, April 17th for this show. And I can see where, you know, five downloads of like every episode have happened. And I go, apparently somebody found, you know, maybe somebody talked about you at a conference or whatever, but five people came in and downloaded your entire back catalog because all of them have been downloaded five times. There's a, I use a, an app called Overcast and that's one of my favorite buttons. It's like download all. And it's like, are you sure you want to download all 36 episodes? And I'm like, yep. And that's it. One button. And so if you get a bunch of people doing that, it will actually create kind of a little spike in your, your stats. And you're like, there must be something wrong. Like, nope, you're just getting popular. And then if you do that and if five people and three of those people tell a friend and then those friends tell you to, you know, it's one of those things where back way, way when I was little, there used to be an old commercial where it was a, some sort of shampoo. And they said, what if they told two friends who told two friends who told two friends? And they kept showing these people magnify and that's kind of what's going on. And that goes back to, again, building your audience. We want it to be quick, but it is, uh, I had somebody last week, they said, how do you grow your audience? I said, one download at a time, you know, one listener at a time. <laughs> But that's kind of the truth. And then that one person tells another person who tells another person. Uh, the reason I got into Serial, the uh, really popular show a couple of years ago, is when I finally had the fifth person say, have you heard Serial yet? And I'm like, is it like Captain Crunch? What's what's you know, <laughs> what's going on? And But it's the word of mouth. And I, I think it was Jacobs Media said that 70% of podcast listeners find new podcasts through word of mouth. It's because somebody says, hey, you got to listen to this. It's crazy. It's nuts or whatever. Yeah. And even like within the, the app. Well, because I, I listen through the Apple mm -hmm. uh, podcast app. So I'm not sure how the others operate. But, you know, if you're listening to a show, it'll say other people who listen to this. like Also this, like this. Yep. Yeah. So that's usually how I find it. Well, see, and that's a way of growing your audience. Go in and subscribe to your own show and see what Apple recommends because those might be people that you want to have on your show because they're already saying your audience is also over there. And so, you know, go over there, maybe have them on your show, maybe talk about, hey, can we do an interview swap? I'll be on your show. You'll be on my show kind of thing if that's what you want to do. But that's a, that's a tool that you might go, hmm, I think my audience is over there too. And for me, growing your audience really does boil down to number one, know who they are, go where they are. You got to make friends with them. So uh, I skipped that step. I'll tell you about that in a minute, but go to where they are, make friends with them, and then tell them about your podcast. Because when I first started, this was, uh, this is before, I think Facebook, I think it was a forum. So this is a while ago, but it was a forum for X radio DJs. And I swear, I thought I heard like angels. I was like, oh, and I was like, these people probably want to get back on the radio. They should start a podcast. And I just walked in. I'm like, hey, I'm Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting. If you haven't heard about podcasting, follow me. I'm going to get you guys back on the air, everybody. And they're like, who is this spamming idiot? And it literally like, I don't know, 10, 20 minutes, I was banned from the whole form. I couldn't come back in because I skipped making friends with people. I just walked in and started pitching. Whereas if I had listened to what they were talking about, that might've given me some ideas for future episodes. If I would you know, answered a couple of questions, maybe and said, oh yeah, I talked about this on my podcast. And they went, wait, you have a podcast? What's a podcast? But instead I just came in pitching, hey, follow me. I'm going to make everybody rich, blah, blah, blah. And then you went, yeah, we don't know who that guy is, but get him out of here. He seems like an idiot. So I always say, figure out who your audience is, go to where they are, make friends with them. 
and then tell them about your podcast because they won't care about your podcast if they don't care about you. Mm, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. And you had mentioned about how some podcasts have like turned into TV shows. And mm-hmm. I, there was, there's, oh, I'm trying Alex to Alex Incorporated was based on Startup, which was a show okay. by Gimlet. And they tried to turn that into, they, they took the story of Gimlet, which is uh, this audio producing company, and they tried to turn it into a TV show. But they unfortunately kind of, I don't know, they, they added a whole bunch of things that weren't really true to kind of, you know, they made the, the mother-in-law was all sassy and it was just like, eh, it just wasn't Zach. Oh man. The guy from scrubs was the main guy. And he did kind of silly things at times where he would have, he'd be talking into a high LPR 40 that wasn't plugged in where, and, and all the podcasters are like, that doesn't work. You have to, you know, so, but it was, I wanted it to succeed so bad, but I just love the fact that there was a TV show where the, the main guy was doing a podcast. And now there's another one on uh, CBS called God friended me. And the, I was actually going to bring that up. Yeah. yeah. And that guy is a podcaster and I will give them credit. He actually like talks into a mic. It's plugged in. I think he's using audition in the background. I was like, okay, they had some sort of, you know, podcast consultant on, on, on the set going, <laughs> yeah, you can't, can't do that. So. Yeah. I think I heard that they're ending the show. It was only on for two seasons, I think, but I liked it. I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> it was interesting. It was, uh, it was creative. And then I th- I believe Dirty John is also yeah. based on the podcast Dirty John. Yep. Yeah. So there's a few of them. There's also one on Apple TV. It has Octavia Spencer in it. Hmm. I can't remember the name of it, but it's based on t- some true crime type of podcast. So. Yeah. And I mean, they've been mentioned on The Family Guy. I just watched Fran Drescher has a new show, I th- I Indebted, I think, it, whatever it was. So I was like, oh, let's see what Fran's up to. And they were talking about something and- they said, oh, you have to take your sister to the airport. She's like, I don't want to sit there in the parking lot forever. And he's like, I oh, just listen to a podcast. And I was like, <laughs> oh, cool. I was like, and people just say that now. And that's when I'm like, okay, that means there are enough people that understand what that phrase means that, you know, 10 years ago, that would have left the audience going, oh, what? You know, because mm. I remember it was mentioned in Orange is the New Black. There was a mention of it. There have been a few really big popular shows that the, the Blacklist Exposed is another one that every now and they just throw out a podcast reference. And I'm like, cool, more mainstream stuff. You know, it's been uh, parodied on Saturday Night Live. So yeah, again, just more signs that podcasting is growing and it's becoming more mainstream. And like the saying, there's an app for that. Well, now there's a podcast for that. There's a podcast for there is a podcast for everything that. now. Yeah. Some of the, the, the one that I go, yep, you win. There is a show about chameleon breeding. And oh, wow. what's great about it is the guy does the show because he builds cages for chameleons. And I had him on my show. I'm like, oh, this is like you, you win the that's niche, you know, award of the year. And he said, yeah, he goes, I, I had my manufacturer say, Hey, can you kind of like ixnay on the promotion of the ages K? Cause like, like this, it's bringing in for all those people that don't know that that's pig Latin anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like, you know, we're, we're running out of cages. I can't keep up with the demand. And he said, so I'm going to quit promoting the cages on my podcast. I said, no, no, my friend, you get a new manufacturer or you get an, an additional one. I go, don't, you know, quit promoting your product because it's working. And he said he had people reach out to him that said, hey, you know, we could buy these cages cheaper overseas, but we actually want to buy them from you. And that's because of this thing called the law of reciprocity, which is basically you've done something nice for them. You've educated them about chameleons or whatever it is, but they, again, they know, like, and trust you. 
and now they kind of feel indebted. They want to do something nice for you. So, okay, I could save two bucks and buy your cage from some overseas seller, but I'm going to spend the extra money and buy it from you because they kind of feel like you know you, you're part of the chameleon family or whatever. And so, yeah, I told him, I said, dude, do not back down on the promotion. I go, it's working. If anything, mention it more, <laughs> you know, so, and he did. So he's a, he's a great guy. <laughs> I love chameleons. They're so cute. I've always wanted one and I want to name it Camille Leon. <laughs> there you go. Look at you all creative. That's awesome. <laughs> and can you kind of go into technology a little bit as far as what you would recommend maybe for someone just starting out podcasting who maybe I know you had mentioned the Sam Samson Q2U. I use the ATR 2100. Yep. All those are what great. Is, what is, yeah. They're all right now. Actually, it's we're running into a problem because everybody and their brother wants to sound good online as we're all doing zoom meetings during this lovely period of time. So like the Samson Q2U right now is kind of like a, a unicorn. It's kind of hard to find one, but as you mentioned, the Audio-Technica ATR 2100, the ATR 2005, they're all kind of the same, very similar microphones. And what's great about them is you can plug them in to some sort of interface, or you can plug them in just via USB, which is if you're flying solo, a piece of cake. You plug it in. You can use something like Audacity to edit your audio. I use a thing called Hindenburg Journalist, which I asked them, I go, why did you name your company after an exploding balloon? And he said, the Hindenburg, that guy, if you've ever heard the recording of that guy going, oh, the humanity, oh, I don't believe that. That was like the first mobile recording. So that's why. And it's made for journalists. So I was like, okay. Cause I was like, when I think, when I hear Hindenburg, I don't think, Hey, that'd be, let's tie my brand to a, a catastrophe, but it's a great piece of software. So I use that just because it's a little, it does everything I want it to do. And I don't have to step over 50,000 features that I will never use to get to them. So for mm. me, I like things that are powerful and simple. So, and there's also audition, uh, but then that's really, then you need artwork. You can get that from, like Kappa 99, or there's uh, a great uh, website called podcastbranding.co that did the logo that you see behind me here and all my artwork, as well as, so I've got my microphone, I've got my artwork, and then you need a media host. And I recommend Libsyn, and people always go, oh, of course you say that, you worked it. I'm like, eh, I was a customer for 10 years before I was an employee, and they will help you syndicate your show. That's what Libsyn short for liberated syndication. And that's really about it. At that point, you... You submit your show to the Apple and Google and Spotify and all the other places. And once you're approved, it's just a matter of like, okay, now do another episode. Now do another episode. Now do another episode. And over time that will build up and you'll build that relationship with your audience and, and off you go. It does kind of vary based on what you're doing. It There is no kind of one size fits all on your equipment because, okay, what if I'm having me and a co-host and we're in the same room? Okay, well, then you might want to get a focus right. Okay, but now I'm doing an interview show and I'm interviewing people who are not in the same room. Okay, well, now we want to talk Squadcast. So there's always kind of like, tell me what you're doing, tell me where you're doing it, things of that nature. But it's it's never going to be, people think it's going to cost you $1,000 to start a podcast. And I usually say, it's about the price of an Xbox without games, even. You know, by the time you buy a couple microphones and maybe an audio interface and some artwork and maybe spring from some intro music or things like that. It's, it's really not that bad. And those are all one-time fees. And then from there, it's again, just back to make another episode. So, and I also hear people like, Oh, I'm not that technical. And I'm like, have you ever been in the car 
and like your jam comes on. Sarah, what's your jam? Like what would get you to turn the volume up in the car? Oh, there's so many, but I'm going to have to go currently with Stupid Love by Lady Gaga. Okay, so Stupid Love comes on. You crank it up. You're getting your Gaga on. Phone rings. What are you, what are you going to do? My phone rings. Right. I mean. And you're going to answer it. It's, turn, your, it's your mom. right? And you're on it. What you're going to yeah, do turn, what? Turn the music down ah. so that I can hear her better. <laughs> do you know what you just did? You, you mixed audio. Ah. So, and that's really all you're doing in audacity. You're like, okay, when, when I start talking, I need the music to come down so you can hear me. It's the same thing as doing it in the, in the, in a car. If you've ever attached, I don't know, a picture to an email or uploaded a photo to Facebook, well, then you can upload an MP3 file to Libsyn. You have the skill. If you've ever pressed record on a DVR or a VCR or whatever, you can press record on audacity. You've got, you know, if you've, I always kind of jokingly say, have you ever been in a really happy conversation on the phone and had somebody hang up? And they'll go, no. And I go, well, then apparently there's nothing wrong with your voice. It's not like they're like, oh, I can't hear this guy anymore. Click, you know, people get hung up on, but usually not in, in happy conversations. So there's nothing wrong with your voice and just get out there. And people are like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to sound stupid. It's not radio. If you said something stupid, you can edit it out. You know, so you've got the skills to do that. It's it's really, you don't have to be a giant nerd to do this. And can you kind of tell us a little bit about how someone forms their content or how they decide what to talk about and how, like what order to talk about it in or yeah. what kind of question, or if they're in an interview, what kind of questions to ask and so on. It really boils down to knowing who your audience is. And I have a book coming out in July called Profit From Your Podcast. And when I was researching this and talking to all these people that are kind of, they're doing really good with their podcast, they all had one thing in common. They really knew who they were talking to. Because if you, let's say it's it's Christmas, you're doing a Secret Santa, and you're like, oh, I don't want to do Secret Santa. They're like, yep, and no gift cards. You're like, what, no gift cards? Oh, like, all right, so you draw your name and you get Harold in accounting. And you're like, oh, I don't even work in accounting. I don't know. I don't know if I would know Harold if he came up and spit on me. So what do you do? You go find somebody in accounting, like, hey, what's like Harold into? Like, oh, he loves the Philadelphia Eagles. He especially loves the quarterback. You're like, oh, okay, cool. You go out, you buy a jersey of the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback, put it in a box, give it to Harold. Secret Santa comes, everybody's getting just stupid gifts because it's like re-gifts or whatever. You've taken the time out to find out what the heck does my audience want. You give them this jersey. Harold's like, I want you to be my Secret Santa every year. Why? Because you had to figure out what they wanted and you gave it to them. So the more you know who your audience is, my last three episodes have come, luckily, by suggestion from my audience. Like I just interviewed somebody about LinkedIn because they're like, how should we be using LinkedIn? I go, you know what? I know a little bit about LinkedIn. I use it, but I know from a conference, I know somebody who's a LinkedIn guru and, and brought them in. So the more you know your audience, that's how I kind of pick it. And then I'm constantly in Facebook groups, on meetup groups. I'm always trying to hang out where my potential audience is to see what they're talking about because I don't really want to guess. Like, I think they'll like this. I don't know. That can work. And there are times uh, when you put out stuff that you're like, uh, I don't know about this one, but here it goes. And they'll be like, that was the best thing ever. Oh my gosh, do more of those. And then you'll do an episode that you spent hours on and you craft, you're like, man, I can't wait for people to hear this. And you put it out and it just crickets. So 
it's never going to be exactly the way you think it is, but that's really what it comes down to. Figure out who your audience is and and what they want. And if you can get them involved even, uh, that's great. That's hard to do. I do a thing. The last episode of the month is always based on my audience participating. And every time I do that, I go, I hope somebody sends in something because this could look really stupid. If I go, hey, I put out the question of the month, this question, like this month's question is, what do you use to create your podcast? And I left it super open-ended so people could say whatever. And after about two weeks, I'm like, I don't have a single answer yet. And then I noticed that's another thing you'll learn. People wait to the very last minute to to do anything. So I'm now starting to see them come in because it's due in like a week. So I, I do that. And then a lot of times I'll ask people, what question do you want to be the question of the month? Because I'm kind of running out of ideas. So anytime you can just find out what they want. When I go to events and I'll meet somebody, and if I'm lucky enough to have somebody come up and say, hey, I listen to your show. I think it's awesome. You know, I've learned so much. And I'm like, great. Thank you so much for that what would you like to hear in the future? And is there anything you wish I wouldn't do anymore? And they're like, oh, no, no, I love it. And if you can, if you have the power to shut up and create this awkward pause, they'll go, well, you you do say such and such a lot. And I'm like, okay, good. Anything else? And if at that time, if I have my phone, I'll take it out and start taking notes because the body language of that, of that is, look, whatever you're saying is important. I'm writing it down. Sometimes that'll prime the pump. And you just have to realize that A, they might have things that you want to change that don't really fit with the goal of your show. So that's the other thing. You have to know who who you're talking to and what do you want them to get to do. So if it's, I want them to buy my book, I want them to hire me as a coach, I want them to buy my course or whatever. Okay, I want to position myself as an expert, but I got to hold their attention. So I can't just do a show and go, let me tell you how great I am. That's just not going to work. So you've got to find something that 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 kind of does both. And so I had a, a friend of mine that was doing a show and he just decided he wanted to interview entrepreneurs. And I was like, okay. And I asked him, I'm like, how's it going? He goes, well, it's, it's not really driving any business to my wife's real estate. And I was like, the the who or the what? I'm like, you didn't even mention that when we started the podcast. You just said you wanted to interview entrepreneurs. I was like, yeah, I thought it would drive traffic to my wife's stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's not going to work. I said, let's scrap this. Let's think about who the target audience is and what are their biggest worries. I don't know. How, how do I get a mortgage? How do I get my house appraised? What is all this jargon in the bank stuff? I have no idea what they're talking about. Let's talk about those and then let's do something hyper local. So let's talk about the community calendar. And they're, they're doing a remake of Greece down at the community theater. And this week, you know, Johnny and the Nimrods are playing down at Earl's, you know, music house or whatever. Make it hyper local so that hyper local people will listen to that because that's where you, I mean, you're selling real estate. It's not like you're going to sell real estate five states away. And now you've got your, you're a valuable uh, person. You're solving all these questions. Oh, that's how you get a mortgage. Oh, that's how you do this and that. And that's how you get things appraised and blah, blah, blah. And this is the kind of insurance I want. And you're answering all those questions. And at the end, you're like, hey, if, if you need to buy or sell a house, you know, come see, you know, Dave and, and whoever, we're at the such and such. And you've got that call to action. And so now when they're at work, and they're like, hey, everybody, everybody see the football game last night? And they're like, no, we're in quarantine. Okay, great. But, you know, they say, but what's up? How was your week? And they're like, oh, I just found out my wife's pregnant. And they're like, oh, wow, congratulations. They're like, no, not congratulations. I'm going to have to move and buy a house. And they're like, oh, you got to talk to Dave, man. I listen to his podcast. This guy knows everything. He can sell your house. He can find you a new one, blah, 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 blah. That would make much more sense than interviewing entrepreneurs. You got to know who your audience is, what do they want, and position yourself 
as an expert or, you know, however you want to word that, but do something that inspires them to do whatever you want them to do. And that might be, you know, just spread the word about such and such if you're just trying to get your message out. But being that this is a frugal entrepreneur show, I'm assuming you have something to sell. So, you know, get them to uh, position yourself in a way that's going to make them buy. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, you've given us a lot of valuable information here on how to get started and how to make your show sound good and what kind of content to create and all that. And I really appreciate your time. And I could probably talk to you forever, <laughs> but I but I know that I'm sure you have stuff to do. So is there anything else that you wanted to say that we maybe haven't gone over or? No, just if you have any questions, you can reach me at schoolofpodcasting.com. And if you see a little chat thing in the bottom right-hand corner, yes, that is me. And yes, I will answer your questions. So just everything, Dave is at schoolofpodcasting.com. Okay, cool. And yeah, I'll have show notes and I'll also have a link to all and of your... In I would also oh. say if you're ever recording, always turn off your phone in the interview. <laughs> yeah, I put mine on airplane mode just to be safe. <laughs> I thought I did. I, apparently I did not. So my apologies. Oh. For th there you go. The big pro here left his phone on. <laughs> Please leave that in. <laughs> nice. I will. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but yeah, I'll have show notes and a link to all of your different podcasts casts and whatnot so people can find it all in one spot at the com forward slash dave jackson all right well i appreciate your time today and you stay safe and healthy you too thank you so much this was fun if you enjoyed and found value from this episode i'd greatly appreciate it if you rate review subscribe and share at rate this podcast.com forward slash frugalpreneur until next time Are you a frugalpreneur looking to connect with like-minded individuals? Join our community on Slack, connect with fellow listeners, share your thoughts on episodes, engage in meaningful discussions, including money-saving tips and entrepreneurial insights, and help shape the future of the Frugalpreneur podcast. Plus, you can submit your questions in written or audio form to be featured on the show. Let's build a supportive space together. Join us now at frugal.show forward slash slack. See you on the inside.